Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So we are going into a new series, and uh, it really is kind of set up well coming out of the last series. The last series was um, Thought Life, and man, I've been hearing some. This one is A Grateful Heart, and really that's the testimony that you're already kind of talking about coming off of the Thought Life series, bringing those thoughts captive, making a shift. Um, so I don't know. I thought, you know what? Let's actually start with a testimony about thankfulness to start this series off, and it's really pretty powerful. So yeah, um, I just I do want to say though, there's been some really good teaching coming from this pulpit lately with Bethany and Brian, and you guys remember Brian with e- healing is easy. That was a great service, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Courtney and his team. There's been just really great, mm-hmm. and there's so many great people in this church. Like seriously, if you're not plugged in, you should be. Um, but anyways, uh, so I was telling Clint, you know, lately it's just been really, uh, really affecting me more than I guess typically, not to say the preaching hasn't been good otherwise, but, um, so, uh, one of the things I've been praying is asking God to teach me how to pray, uh, to redo how I've always done prayer, which has been typically from a place of lack or worry or, um, you know, when do we find ourselves <laughs> most of the time turning to God is when we're in trouble or experiencing some sort of need. And, and I was like, God, I, I really want to learn what do you want me to pray? How do you want prayer? So the first thing I thought of was what Jesus said to the disciples, which was the Lord's Prayer. And I think you could do like a whole series on that because I think that's more about tilling your own heart when he, the way he sets up that prayer. But, um, anyways, so I was driving one day and I had, there was some things I was really feeling pretty heavy about, um, really frustrated about, and I'd been praying on it and it was all from a place of lack. And I was just like, gosh, this doesn't, I don't think this is how God wants me to pray. I don't think this is what he wants from, from my prayers. And, and in that moment I thought to Clint, cause he said this before and he said, you don't pray from a point of lack, you know? And I thought, okay, well, if you don't pray from a point of lack, then how do you pray, you know? And in that moment, I just felt like, okay, so I'm feeling frustrated right now. So I'm gonna say, I thank you for patience. I'm feeling worried right now. I thank you for peace. Feeling confused, I thank you for a sound mind. I'm feeling insecure. I thank you that I'm made in your image, you know? I'm feeling a lack of understanding. I thank you for wisdom. Just basically taking whatever is going on in your heart and turning it. And in that moment, I actually felt like all the the anxiety and the stress kind of just go down. And that song y'all did at the end there, I feel like we need to just sing that every day. Especially in our current times, the government is on his shoulders with what's going on globally and just with election, everything. I'm not trying to make a political statement, but just the government is on his shoulders. Thank you, Jesus, no matter what's going on in our country and around the world. So 
Anyways, just to, just to trying to get from, to, from a point of like praying out of lack and praying out of thankfulness because you've already done all of this for me and I just need to change my thought life, change my mind, and I recognize this is done. So, yeah, and then hang on a second. And then, <clears throat> which is really practical repentance. Repentance is the change the way you think. It does have to do with turning away from sin, but it has, to, it has everything to do with starting with changing the way that you think. And so that's a perfect example of the whole exercise of put off, put on. Put off the old man, put on the new man. You are the new man in your spirit. But your brain and your response to life's circumstances will still be triggered to run the patterns of the old man thinking. And so to experience transformation where you live out of your new identity, you renew your mind like what she's talking about. And it's so practical. I think when we hear these spiritual kinds of teachings in terms of put off the old man, put on the new man, repent, all these kinds, well, that's what it looks like. In a real world, practical, you know, nuts and bolts scenario when you got three boys (laughs) under, how's the oldest? Six. Three boys, six and under. You need some repentance that's actually productive. You know what I mean? That will bring life. So I'm going to put you on the spot because you told me a little bit more, but just maybe just kind of elaborate on the idea of the effect of it and the changes that you've seen going forward and and just kind of now what what does it look like in terms of how did it actually help you? Because, see, the thing is, it's not just a change of mind. When you renew your mind and you put off the old and put on the new, you're actually engaging a life force that can then transform you. See, the power of positive thinking and the secret and all that kind of stuff that's out there in the psychological new agey kind of world, it's, it's the focus is on the mindset and the focus is on human will changing things. But what we're doing is not that. We're changing our minds so that that spiritual seed of the Word of God in you can have an effect. Because as we've been talking about, Limited thinking, carnal thinking, constricts what the kingdom can do in you and through you. And so getting into an alignment with the Word of God puts you in a place for it to make an actual effect. We need to get, Elizabeth, maybe next week we'll get your testimony that you shared as well. Um, so anyway, does that, did I give you enough time there? Do you have something to say? The, the effect of it, how's it changed? Was it, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I think how it's changed is that um, it's... Oh, this might not make sense to anyone but me, but I feel like it's like God is saying, you're down here playing with these stones and you're just, you know, you're focused on all this stuff that really doesn't even matter. Like lift your head up and see what I'm really trying to show you. That's, that's the best way I know how to talk about it. Cause it's like you, you get so bogged down and like, just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me how powerful the mind is. And I'm not trying to be like new agey when I say that, but like it's so, it's all right here, you know? And I feel like my constant journey and at least for me, that's, it's been getting, getting this right, you know? And so it's kind of this, have you guys ever like been on a hike and you're just like trying to like not trip over something that you miss like all the scenery around you and then you finally kind of like lift your head up and you're like oh wow this is like really pretty i've been so focused down here mm-hmm. that's kind of what i feel like it is that's um, awesome so praise god awesome show her some love thank you for sharing that yeah. i don't know did you want to share yours now or you want to wait till next week 
I mean, let's, let's might as well go ahead and hear it because it's appropriate and it's really good too. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Show Elizabeth some love here. Okay, um, and y'all, excuse me, I'm recovering from cold stuff. Um, <laughs> so, um, where to start? Um, so, okay, my whole life, I've dealt with thought issues. Um, I grew up in a, kind of a depression from probably age four to 24. And um, it was just like, just stuff going on with my parents and stuff going on with my family. And so, um, thought life stuff was never easy for me, but it was kind of just my normal. And um, so, you know, we've been to a lot of churches through the years, but this is the first church that's really talked about your thoughts and, you know, kind of going there and what that looks like. So, um, especially through this series, the Thought Life series, I've been, um, sorry, I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but um, it's been just becoming a little more practical to me. So what I've been doing is, you know, what Clint's been talking about is um, like, if, I'm, if something kind of negative about myself, because it tends to be beating up on myself, like if that comes up, I've been um, kind of just meditating on, you know, God accepts me. You know, there's verses like, you know, you're accepted in the beloved. So I'll think about, I'll just sit there and meditate on, I'm accepted. No, he accepts me. And maybe for the first few minutes, I don't really, you know, believe it. But then after maybe 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah. You know, and I'll think about how he made me and the intricacies of who I am. And um, then it like, after a few minutes, I believe it, you know? And so... That, um, that's key, I'm yeah. telling you. Because mm -hmm. we do that. We do the... We do the and what she's talking about is Romans 12, 2, that we're transformed by the renewing of the mind. That's mm -hmm. renewing of the mind practically, <clears throat> that we put on the new man, um, you know, that, that we, that the spiritual warfare is all mostly the battlefield of the mind and that you're bringing thoughts captive to what Christ was obedient to. That's all in real time what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and if I can just tell you, like, this is new for me, very new. Um, like I said, you know, I since I grew up in a depression, God took me out of depression, praise the Lord. Uh, Glenn and I went to counseling for years just because both of our parents were divorced and there was just, you know, some stuff there we needed to work through. Um, and so we did counseling for years and we did some work, but God took me out of the depression about 24. He said, I'm, he told me he was gonna take me out of and he did. But I almost feel like, and praise the Lord for that, but I almost feel like still the thought patterns were still there. Um, and so, um, I would get frustrated. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sitting in this seat, I'd be frustrated because I'd hear people talking about victory in their thought life and, you know, all these breakthroughs. And I'd be like, good for you. You know, like it, it, um, <laughs> I'd kind of be like, you know, because it just, I wasn't experiencing that. And so um, for me to be experiencing breakthrough in this area, I kind of feel like if I can, if this can happen for me, this can happen for anybody. I'm just telling you for somebody who was, you know, in a depression for 20 years, and there was probably some negative thought patterns, right? Um, and so then even now, say, you know, say I'm feeling some accusation towards my parenting or something like that. Like, I'll just sit there and meditate, you know, I'll take some time whenever I can. I may not be at that moment, but, you know, a little bit later. Like, you know, God, you made me to be the parents of my children. I may not be the, you know, poster mom or whatever, but it's like, he made me to be my children's parents. And I'm a good mom because he tells me that. You know, so it's like I'll meditate on that or whatever until the first 10 minutes again, I may not believe it. But then after 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm a good mom. <laughs> or, that, that is the transformation. Yeah. 
that's the magic sauce right mm -hmm. there. Not yeah. to use, you know, magic, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's, that's the secret in the sauce, I meant to say. That, right. that, that's the point where it shifts from distant from the grace of God working in your heart to, mm -hmm. and you, you were saying as you were telling this testimony the other night, that uh, when it becomes believable. Yeah. See, because that's what, that's what the goal of meditation is, meditating in the Word of God. Meditation doesn't make things happen. Meditation uh, prepares you to be a fertile host for the spiritual seed of the Word of God. And so meditation makes the Word believable. And then when it's believable, it's possible. And the thing is, is it's already true. Yeah. So when you're meditating on it and then you start believing it, you're believing what's already true. Mm. You're just convincing, you're helping convince yourself of what's already true. And like even, um, you know, I'll sit there and, and we were talking about uh, this the other night too, like, um, you know, maybe sometimes I just have some extra time or, you know, I'm just sitting there instead of getting on my phone, which I sometimes do, you know, I, I'll sit there and just meditate on that I'm his beloved or how much he loves me, or whatever. And I'll just picture what that looks like and picture him loving on me, you know. And then, um, and even sometimes when I'm waking up in the morning, you know, you can tend to worry, like, I don't know, I can tend to worry in the mornings. Like, I'll just sit there and meditate. No, you know, I'm gonna meditate on how much he loves me. And so it, then I feel like when negative situations come up or any accusation comes up, I can more easily go there. So, and, 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 and when you say accusation, whether it be your own mind or the yeah. enemy, just those negative thoughts negative that thoughts. you're questioning if you're doing a good job, you're questioning, mm -hmm. you know, everybody knows what this feels like. You're yeah. wondering if you're making good decisions. You're one, you're always sec doubting yourself. You're always second guessing. Yeah. It's just that low level sense of accusation, the voice mm -hmm. of accusation, whether it's your own heart or the enemy, it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. You got to renew the mind. Yeah. And um, Bethany gave an illustration. Uh, you whenever she did her talk and it was kind of like you know here's truth and we're kind of supposed to learn to live closer to what's true well I have like um some melancholy weaknesses like personality type those are kind of so I'm it's almost like this artistic temperament so it's kind of tends to be down like that like low lows and um but then back up well I feel like now I'm becoming more like this mm. and so you know and this is just this is like within the past maybe month two months maybe um, but it's been really significant because I'm like, wow, I'm not really, even when things come up, I'm like, no, you know, or maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes later, no, you know, God's, this is, this is true or whatever. So anyway, anyways, I just wanted to, um, cause when I shared that the other night, Clint said a lot of people feel like, yeah, it works for other people, but it's never going to work for me. And I'm telling you, be patient, be patient with yourself especially if you have a background like I do, it, it may take a little bit longer than it takes some people who you know, didn't have that kind of any trauma or any you know, stuff like that. So be patient because, you know, I'm not gonna say what age I am up here, but it's taken me a while. <laughs> and, but I'm getting it, praise the Lord. Yeah, and it's making a God. huge difference in my daily life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that, it's so good. That, that, <clears throat> that is, uh, you know, other than walking in love and ministering to people, which is affected by that, your inner world, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most important elements that you can consistently, and you disciplined your, it's, it's not easy to become aware of what's going on in the inside. And Brenda, you probably got something similar too. Maybe we'll get you up here and share. But if y'all don't know Brenda, Brenda's old school 
moved away back. She's awesome. Y'all make sure you know her, get to know her. But um, it's, it's, it's the difference between actually letting the Word of God do something on the inside of you rather than just having an intellectual relationship with the Word of God and then trying really hard to be a good person. There's a difference. The Word of God actually comes together. It divides between joint and... I'm going to preach that whole series all over again is what I'm going to do. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though, you know, because our, here's our confidence. Our confidence is in the Word of God, not just the letters on the page, but the living element of His logic, His ways being infused to our thought processes where we actually start to think in agreement with how He thinks and then we engage these situations how He would and it trends toward life. And even if you're locked in a prison, like physically, even if you're being tortured for the persecution of your faith, whatever's going on on the inside of you is how you're going to respond to that. This is not to say that everything externally is going to magically work out perfectly. That, that's, not what's, that's not the claim. Now, the things that Jesus paid for, provision, healing, all those kinds of things, you can experience those. But the world just magically working out for you because you get this stuff right, that, that's not the claim. But the, the, the hope is, and, and that was something that you had said too, is that there's a hope on the back end of this that is alive, that is new in terms of how some of these things are affecting you and you're living it out. So, and I'll just kind of merge right on into this message here because thankfulness is a huge factor of what we will let God do on the inside of us. Uh, here, here's my sermon, y'all ready? Quit your whining. Quit your complaining. Trust God. Get over it. Now, don't you feel better? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. But I do, I do want to kind of use the, the ancient Israelites and their journey um, as, a, as a bit of a, you know, some insight just to look into this process because uh, gratefulness more than anything will condition you inwardly to be receptive to the transformative aspect of God's Word. Gratefulness will. Thankfulness. The attitude of gratitude. Um, you can't love somebody that you're not thankful for in some sense. You can't yield yourself to an element. Okay, so God's perfect and holy, right? Jesus is perfect and holy, and we are in this process of being conformed into the image of Christ. Those elements that anchor you into the carnal world still, those sinful things and those desires and thoughts and actions that anchor you into death and destruction in this earth, but you can be free from, you can be free from that sin. You can be free. You just can be free. You don't have to stay stuck in it. Amen? But that, that aspect of God that might feel like judgment, even though Jesus was judged for you, 
But that aspect of God that might be like, mm, uh, you know, I don't like being corrected there. I don't know what, and, and oftentimes it's not necessarily outright rebellion as much as it is hopelessness. Like I would say hopelessness for the believer is what blocks the correction of God more so than rebellion. In other words, you don't have hope that that thing can actually change. You don't have a sense of hope. I mean, some people have been through trauma and abuse and maybe, maybe you grew up in a scenario, you know, I'm just thinking of people that have lost parents early. They get kind of locked into this destructive lifestyle because they just have to survive. And they're, they are, and it's real to them. I mean, I'm talking like gang life activity where they are locked into this and they don't see a way out. And then God comes in and, and then you, well, let's say you let God come in and he starts to try to correct you. I know that's really specific, but I'm just thinking about something where I'm believing for just a, a, a I don't know, I don't want to say, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. It's like that area where you feel like this is impossible because there's no way out. Those are the areas where we don't let God change us. Those are the areas where we don't yield to his righteous and holy nature so that we then reflect it as well. And it, and it manifests as sin, but it's a deeper thing than sin. It's the beliefs of your heart. And I'm just telling you, gratitude is a way to condition the soil of your heart to let God do a work in you so that you have hope that lasts in spite of it all. And I'm not saying unrealistic hope or it's like, well, now I just think really positively. My life still stinks, but my life, I think, you know, it's, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about where there's real change, where then it becomes parenting changes and then you affect your kids and then relationships change. You know, we're talking about real world stuff here. We're talking about the stuff that we let rule our day that keeps us from being effective witnesses for Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? We want to wake up and be clear and free to be used by God to bring glory and honor to his name. That's what it's about. And anything that hinders that, we got to deal with it. So we're just going to look at the idea of what gratitude, thankfulness, gratefulness does in the heart and a, and a bit of a warning. So today's almost even a little bit more of a warning. Because let me just tell you, all that stuff that you're holding on to, that you think nobody sees, everybody sees it. <laughs> those idiosyncrasies and those uh, character issues that you think nobody sees or those sin things that you don't, they may not know the details, but they see the effect. And they love you anyway. You ask the people, wouldn't it be great if we could be honest with each other? <laughs> Tell me honestly what you really think about my behavior as it relates to this. Oh, sounds like a setup to me. I'm not going there. <laughs> but if we did let people tell us those things without, you know, Swing! slicing their head off when they respond to us.
they already know. They already see your baggage. They already see that stuff. So, you know, I don't know if you see the connect, but I'm, I'm thinking about the stuff that we host in our hearts that, that gratitude can help you release and let go of. Gratitude toward the Lord, gratitude toward the people in your life. And so I'm just thinking about sliding into the holidays because if you're like me, you might still have some Christmas issues. Anybody got Christmas issues? I said it the other day and somebody looked at me like I was crazy, but I'm like, I think I, think I like Halloween better than Christmas. That's about, that's about the, that's about it. And I only, in terms of carnal pagan holiday celebrations, I like the one about the demons better than the ones that perverts who God actually is. Totally joking. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I only say that because <laughs> when Halloween comes, it's like, well, let's go walk around and these uh, family. But then at Christmas, it's like, ah, where's the tree? And, and it comes from my past. Can I be honest? Uh, we see the baggage. You see the baggage. That's right. <laughs> Listen, if Sarah, I'm doing this without Sarah here because I would be hearing it, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's like, so my past, you know, and I, I don't want to be dishonoring. Both of my parents are in heaven now, so, you know, they're probably laughing. They can, I can say this without hurting their feelings now. But anyway, I mean, it was just a nightmare growing up around the holidays. You know, Dad was gone a lot anyway, not because of his work, but just because. And uh, I'm not going into a lot of that, but during the holidays, he'd be home and, the, and it would come time for the Christmas tree. And I'm just telling you, it was like World War III over the tree. Fast forward to we have kids and the first inkling of grumpiness from my kids over the tree. And it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. And I'm like, it's happening in real time. You're like, and you're watching yourself going, stop, but you just can't stop. You know what I mean? And you're, you're, you're like double-minded. You're telling yourself, don't do that. And then you're like, I'm out for blood all at the same time. You know what I mean? But I found that if I condition myself before the, in, the ornaments come out of the <coughs> attic, which is why I think Christmas is more demonic than Halloween because of those stupid ornaments. <laughs> I, listen, I'm glad you're laughing, but you know what I'm saying, right? You get my point. And so over the years, you know, and I mean, every Christmas it comes out. Less and less, I think, I don't know, you know, I'll just, since my kids and my wife aren't here, I'll just say that it gets better. But no, but realistically, I think it is. But it's like, but here's what I know. I know that if I take the time to go and I do what these ladies are talking about and I, and I put on the new man of who I really am, I just, like, I would actually go and I would sit and I would, in my mind, I would visualize the whole process 
the, the tree going up, the ornaments coming out, the lights going up, the ornaments going on, all of that. And I would just see it all ahead of time and, and like play the movie in my mind to tell my heart, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go. It's going to be peaceful. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. And most of the times it would, and then I'd feel, I'd feel it rising up, you know. And, but, but we all do that in all different kinds of areas. It's just that are we aware of it, and are we going to do something about it? Because, I mean, that, that's where life happens, and that's where the rubber meets the road. And, and, in, and in terms of the Israelites, I just want to walk through this to walk away today with a lesson, to be mindful. How many of you, honestly, you struggle with the holidays when the holidays are all around? Be honest. Yeah. Praise God for the rest of you. I'm so glad it's... it's, it's I'm playing it up a little bit. It's a lot better, but it's make, it makes the point. So I want to read through uh, these passages here and, and, and kind of lay out a little bit of a warning for us to be aware of in the days and the weeks to come. Because listen... If you don't have holiday issues, people around you do. And I'm just telling you, just be ready. So if, if you're like one of those, you're like uh, Elf, <laughs> and Christmas rolls around, and you're like, Santa! You know, he's so excited. Should be Jesus, but you know what I mean. Like, he's excited. If that's you, then let me just tell you, don't get mad at the other people that got the Grinch hats on, okay? Because ne they need you. I, I admit that I, I need some help. So if you see me getting grumpy, that might be too far. I'm not going to ask for that. Now I'm being prideful. So you're probably right. All right, so... This is where we're going. Um, you know, Hebrews, man, I love Hebrews. I'm actually working on a course to teach all the way through Hebrews, the first two chapters. So, so what Hebrews is all about is a presentation of Jesus as the faithful and eternal high priest over this new and everlasting covenant. He, he shows them how, who Moses is under the old. He goes through the Psalms. It's an incredible study, but he goes... Through the, he, the author of Hebrews, goes through the Psalms, shows you who Jesus is, and then starts to build the case for his now spiritual, eternal uh, priesthood over spiritual Israel, which is us. And, but then when he gets here, uh, he uses the Israelites as an illustration of how their hearts got hard toward God even after being delivered. All the, they, you guys know, most, most of you know the stories. God sends Moses in to deliver his people. God took it very personally. He says, I, I've heard the cry of my people. Now I'm going to send you, Moses, to bring my people out. It wasn't about Moses. That story is not about the calling of Moses being fulfilled. The story is God rescuing his people. Amen? But when he brings them out, what did they do? Almost instantly, they're like, oh, man, I don't like the food out here. I don't like the water out here. I don't like the lack of water out here. I don't like the sand. I don't like this. Let's go back to Egypt. It's better back there. And you're like, slavery. You want to go back to slavery rather than you do see that giant pillar of fire over there, right? You see that incredible miracle in real time that God is doing. 
You see that, right? Sun goes down, sun comes up. I don't know if the pillar of fire is still there or not, but the cloud cover that miraculously covered all of them for 40 years. There's enough food for them to eat. They're looking at the provision and they're like, nah, I think I'd rather go back to slavery. Rather than following God, that's, what they're, that's where they start to go in their mind and in their thinking. And it's easy to look at them and kind of, you know, point our fingers, but we do the same thing because we're used to our, you know, the, and don't get under conviction. I, I use the same examples a lot of times, and I'm not trying to point out any single issues, but like depression, fearful thoughts, anxiety, you know, maybe even sexual lust and desire, whatever, whatever it is. We're, all, we're not that different. People struggle with humans. You know, there's only certain pool of grab bag to pull from. But it's like it feels more comfortable. It feels more familiar. At least I know what that's looked like. I know who I am in that environment, right? That's what we stick to. So that's the whole process. And we're talking about thankfulness. We're talking about the attitude that you choose when you're moving into something, especially when it's not working out for you, you see these promises of God, but yet maybe it's not affecting the condition of your life yet. It's super easy to then play devil's advocate and say, well, did God really say? You know, you start to question the character and the nature of God. It takes a lot of work to believe the Word of God. Not work to make it happen, but the work to believe it, to become persuaded by it, which then you will allow it to bear fruit in your life. It's the great paradox of the, the kingdom, the mystery of the kingdom, Jesus says. And I'm just saying, gratefulness and thankfulness is the attitude that you choose in the midst of mind renewal. Amen? And let's look at this as a warning of when it's not there. So would you uh, follow me through on this, John? Does that work for you? We're going to go through 319. Therefore... As the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. The rebellion is the children of Israel in the wilderness rebelled against God. Moses is up on the mountain receiving the commandments from God, and they're down, and they're like, I don't know, he's been gone for a couple days. I think we might should worship a cow. That's what they did. They rebelled. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where, uh, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, now, here's the beauty. Uh, now, Jesus has, bo has bore that anger for us. Amen? God's not mad at you. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. Notice the emphasis on the heart. If you have trouble understanding a particular teaching about the Word of God, Take it to the heart level. Let that Mark 4 parable of the sower temper how you're thinking about it. And a lot of times you'll see the paradoxical aspect in the teaching. I know I kind of said a lot there. but uh, So I was, they always go astray in their heart, and that's the issue. They have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, now we're in the rest. We are in Christ. Amen. You've got to remember we're under the new covenant. So beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is the issue that got them to the place of complaining and then limiting what God could do. 
So therefore, um, so be, be, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, exhort one another daily while, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? And the obedience, or the disobedience was right here, 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of they worshiped the cow, they rejected me, they whatever. No, those, those are the fruits of the real issue, unbelief. Unbelief is an attitude of the heart. So this was their process here. And there's a lot of passages that point this out, and we're going to look at some of these over the next couple of weeks. Um, if I can find the study, and I, I want to present it to you in a little more meaningful way, there's actually a study, you know, when, when, when you're instructed to give thanks over your food, there's actually a study that shows when you emotionally are... In, in a state of gratitude while you're eating, you metabolize your food better than any other emotional state that you can be in. So there's, there's a lot of benefits there. Anyway, so this is their process here. Unthankfulness led to complaining, led to hardness of heart, led to unbelief, which led to disobedience which then led to unable to entering into God's promises. And for us, if you're not experiencing the promises of God, it's not that God's withholding them from you. It's that your heart is hard and not letting them grow into your life. And you can soften your heart with thankfulness toward Him. That's really kind of the bottom line. If you're not experiencing what you believe Jesus paid for you to experience in His death, burial, and resurrection, it's not because He's withholding it from you. Jesus, in the parable that explains all parables, teaches it's the condition of your heart, not whether or not you're a good or bad person, and not whether or not you have enough faith. You don't need more faith. You have the measure of faith. You have the smallest, tiny bit of faith that you need. Great faith is not more faith. Great faith is more convinced of who God is. If you want to have great faith, be utterly persuaded of the nature and character of God. If you want to have great faith, be fully persuaded of who God is. And then be confident that He always will be who He is in every situation. His desire is to be God in every situation. And He will be. You can't stop, you can't stop Him from being God. But you can limit yourself from experiencing His effect in your life. Because He gave mankind dominion over this planet. So let's keep going. Hebrews 4, a couple more passages. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us. Now here's the thing. 
uh, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Complaining will stop you from mixing faith with the promise. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. We see the promises. We see what Jesus paid for. We have to mingle faith into it. Not to make it happen, but to be receptive for it to grow. Faith is letting the seed germinate and grow. Faith takes time to consider His Word as an actual possibility for your life. And when you know the nature of God as revealed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then that faith becomes more competent of who God is because you rest in the, the fact that this is what He did in His death, burial, and resurrection. So it, you're standing on a promise for provision. You're standing on a promise for patience. You're standing on a promise from deliverance from that sin habit. Unless you think that you're just going to struggle with that sin for the rest of your life, and some people do, you've got no hope that you could ever change. You have to meditate on the idea of the holiness of Christ is in you and can actually have an effect on you to the point that your desires are changed. And then that thing is a distant memory. That's a possibility. Now, if you have something in your life and you just feel like, man, this thing is gripping and there's no way I could ever get away from it, then you're not mixing faith with the promise. You're mixing carnal logic, which is going to lead to death. You're mixing your trauma or your life's experiences with the promise, and there's no germination. It's a mystery. Jesus teaches it's a mystery. How does it work? How does the promise, how does the seed, how does the kingdom bear fruit? This is, the, this is the answer. He says it's like a farmer that casts seed in the ground. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He doesn't know how it happens, but it bears fruit after its own kind. The promise of God that you're standing on is genetically, spiritually encoded to bear fruit in your life. Just start with the fruits. You need to be a more patient person. You need to be a more kind person. Maybe you need to persevere in faith and not give up on people. Maybe more loving, whatever it might be. And, it's, and, and so here's what religion does. Religion, and when I say religion, I just mean a performance-centered approach to Christianity where it's about the externals and it's about the fruit rather than the root. It's just looking at, well, be a better person, be more loving, be more kind, do this, do that. And it's like, no, it's no wonder people don't want to go to church. They don't want to go get beat up and just be told what to do. I want to be taught how to actually experience transformation. I mean, the, then the fruit takes care of itself. And if you've got some blaring sin, we're going to address that. It's not like we're going to just, you know, ignore it. But we're after real transformation, not just so that you get your needs met and not just so that you get to experience promises, but so that you quit limiting what God wants to do through you, and that is be a light in this earth to be a citizen of that holy nation, to be an active member of that royal priesthood, going about, just like Jesus, doing good and healing all oppressed of the enemy. And I, I just, just to put this on there, because the idea of us walking around with the same power that Jesus had, like he said we would, 
Well, then why don't you just go out there and do it all the time? Well, the early apostles couldn't do it all the time. They couldn't do miracles on demand. Remember the boy that was the demoniac kid that was throwing himself in the fire? So he was oppressed and diseased. And the disciples couldn't get him healed. That might be you sometimes. There may be sometimes where somebody brings somebody to you and you can't get them healed. Don't, don't mysticize the idea. You know, of, of course that's what it would look like for us to have the spiritual power of God on the inside of us as humans. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Not because God, but because we have a part to play in it. And gratitude and thankfulness is just a huge factor. So, you know, all the stuff that we kind of just came out of this past series with thought life and all the mandate of representing Christ in the earth, uh, and not just so that your life is a good witness of Christ, we want that, but so that it goes beyond that where you're actually stepping into those assignments that God has for you, making a difference in people's lives. Because the people out there need you. I need you. When I'm grumpy and my past is triggered and I'm snapping at my kids, I need my wife to say something. <laughs> Whatever is spirit-led in the moment, that's what I want to hear. You know what I mean? It may not be easy to hear, but, man, if we can get to be that for each other and our neighbors and our, you know, man. I just don't, I don't want these gatherings to be about what you got to do and what God wants from you but that walking out of here full of hope, also looking at the world, realizing, man, I can actually help these people because I've got the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. I have the message of the gospel of the kingdom, and I'm creative. And I don't have to say it like the other person said it. I don't have to use Christianese. I don't even know scripture chapter reference, but I know God, and I know what he's done for me, and I'm willing to tell other people what he's done for me. In my own words, you are the greatest. Your testimony is the greatest message because people can't refute that. They can refute your theological perspectives, but they can't refute hope now exists where none did. Really? Wow, that sounds good. I would think I would like to have some of that. Well, this is how I did it. Amen? Man. All right, let's stand up if you would. Chris, go ahead and play a couple minutes here because I do, I do want to take, we'll be out of here in four minutes. And then we'll go eat some picnic food. You guys ready for some picnic food? Fried chicken is calling my name. So just think, just, just for a moment, let's just let the Holy Spirit minister to us. We worshiped, we gathered, we remembered, celebrated communion together. We've had our heart sewn into with the gospel, potential, hope, maybe even some challenge. So here's what I want you to do. If you don't have to close your eyes, you can keep your eyes open. And if you don't connect to this, no big deal. There's nothing wrong with you. But if you just want to take a minute your heart will serve up to you those things where there's ungratefulness or maybe some changes need to be made. Hope needs to come back alive again. And just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. 
just like Rachel here was talking about with her kids. You know, Lord, what do I do? How do I pray? I don't want to pray this way. What do I do? Help. And then the Lord brought her through a process of praying from gratitude. So I'll stop talking just for a minute or two here. And just ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten your understanding. I do feel like there's somebody here with a, a spirit-led prayer for us. Not a teaching, not your summary, not your thoughts, but just a spirit-led prayer. Does anybody have that sense in your heart? You feel like that that's you? You feel like that the Lord is putting on your heart to pray? Is that you, Brenda? No. <laughs> Who is that? Did somebody in here? Maybe you even started praying. Part of the body. Somebody's pointing to Lisa. Lisa, do you have something? Don't sit on it. Be a blessing to the body. Is it you, Rachel? something about gratitude. First of all, Lord, I just ask you to just guide my words. Just all of you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, in, in this room, everybody's area of their life where they just don't know how to be grateful for you, Lord. I pray that they would turn this doubtfulness into gratitude, Lord. That the size of their belief would be diminished in comparison to how big you are. And you tell us that all we need is the seed of a mustard, or the faith of a mustard seed. And I think about how that's a part of your grace, Lord that not only do you give us just only good from your heart, but you also give us faith. You already know that we don't have the faith that we need, but you give us that too. And Lord, this area of their lives in this room, 
that they feel frustrated, that they have a hard time harboring gratefulness for, Lord. I pray that you would show them the scripture that they need to turn into prayer scripts to pray over their life. And I pray that they would bring it to you with thanksgiving and ask in prayer and petition, Lord. I pray that, that you would just ready their soil to receive, Lord, that that's all you ask of us, is that you ready our soil to receive. You are so much bigger, you are so much bigger than any of the things that we are experiencing here on this earth. And you are so much bigger in comparison to these doubts we have. And like she said about the pebbles, Lord, I pray that you would lift our chin, just lift our chin up to see what you have for us and what you're doing, Lord. And even when we don't understand, even when we just don't have the wisdom that you do, you give us a peace that transcends all understanding. And, and Lord, I just pray over everybody in this room and online that they would just be free of whatever it is that they are experiencing this frustration and, and, and for perseverance, Lord. Perseverance is something I hear. The words that came to mind to me today were to receive, to be quiet and listen. Sometimes we want to talk so much and he just wants us to receive. He's already given us everything that we need. I say these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Would you put up that last passage, that Romans passage? If you're in the room today, you've never said yes to Jesus and you'd like to for the first time today and receive that gift of salvation, it's pretty simple. And it's not a magic prayer, it's a decision in your heart. Amen? But the, but the, the information is this. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're in the room, you've never made the decision to believe. Just lift up your hand so I can see it in the room. Just wave at me. And then if there's anybody online, we have a video that will come up right after this, walk you through that process and reach out to us and let us know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for that, Chelsea. That was really good. Don't, don't wait so long next time. <laughs>